touch my shoulder, it touch my hair. Starts now. And I said, what the hell is that? Spirits and more radio starts now. Welcome to the 15th show of Spirits and More Radio. I'm your host, Steve Rohn. We're going to be talking about Halloween urban legends on this show. And we've got uh, a couple guys to join us from another show that I like a lot called Nightmares 365. So stay with us. And watch all witches, all skeletons, all jack-o'-lanterns. Gather around and watch. Watch the magic pumpkin. Watch. Turn down the lights, if you dare. Spirits and more radio. And uh, this is the show that we're doing. Obviously, it's October, you guys, and so we're going to get into some cool uh, things that have to do with the season. And uh, I wanted to bring someone onto the show, or actually a couple guys that host their own show called Nightmare 365. Uh, I enjoy their show a lot, and they talk about similar kind of things. And so uh, we we basically uh, we, we're doing this as a collaborative thing. And I really don't want to call them like a guest of mine because I don't feel like they're a guest. This is going to be more like a co-host. You know, we're just going to keep we're going to do the thing. You know, they kind of do a show where. They talk about different uh, topics of interest and kind of talk amongst each other, whereas, whereas Spirits and More Radio Show has usually been a show where we interview somebody and kind of gather from their experience. So uh, this one's a little bit different, but it should be fun, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, I want to play the theme song for these guys right before we bring them into the show. So this is Nightmare 365 podcast uh, intro. Here we go. I knew my new hometown was going to be different from where I grew up in New Jersey. It is just a bunch of hocus pocus! You're going to camp blood, ain't you? I wanted to believe. And welcome to the show. You guys with us? Yes, we are. What's up, brother? All right. Hey, doing good. All right. Well, we did have some technical difficulties for our live listeners, but if you're listening on the podcast, you would never know it. Uh, but anyway, we got through that, and, and here we are now. So uh, how's the weather out there, you guys? You're in Jersey, right? We are. It's rainy. It's a little humid, but rainy and kind of overcast. Um, right now you guys are so lucky um <laughs> here in california and san diego it is literally going to be a hundred degrees today there's like a heat wave coming through so uh it's nothing of the season you know we think of halloween as stormy and you know lightning and thunder and rain and cold and you know is that's kind of the tone for spooky right and uh here here we are in california and it feels like we're in the middle of the desert so uh, anyway, um, so you guys do a show, Nightmare 365. Why don't you uh, tell our guests a little bit about how long you've been doing that and uh, what you guys talk about and, and kind of how you came to do the show. Well, what's up, everybody? My name is Matt. I'm Greg. And um, 
We only started recently doing the podcast together. We've been really into this as kids. I guess you could say I've been obsessed with Halloween and kind of the supernatural paranormal stories forever. I started a podcast by myself about a year and a half ago where I would just interview people from around the haunted house industry, you know, authors, different people from the horror genres, things like that. And it got really tough. It got really tough trying to, I'm, I'm sure you know, but getting people on the show and trying to have a regular booking schedule. So I, and I wanted to do more stories and I, I really am fascinated like with the shows when it first came out, like the ghost hunters um, things like that. Uh, just reading books on the paranormal, unsolved mysteries. I was always into that. My brother's really into that as well. He could speak for that. You know, like JFK is a month away. We're going to talk about my brother's huge. Yeah, I'm more, I'm more on like the conspiracy theories um, as well as like ghost paranormal. Um, obviously, I did watch the show Ghost Hunters. I like also like Destination Truth, like, um, you know, Expedition Unknown. Yes, uh, stuff, stuff like that. Stuff that gets you like thinking. And I've always, you know, grown up on stories. We both have were, you know, and our mom went all out for every holiday. But some some reason with, you know, living here on the East Coast with the leaves changing, things like that. There was just something special about it. And we grew up pretty much with weird New Jersey. If people on the East Coast are probably familiar with it, even on the West Coast, I think they did a show, you know, on the History Channel, Weird US. But we well, yeah, Jersey has a lot of ties to halloween yeah. um especially like you look at a bunch of the halloween movies right like uh yeah i mean you look at friday the 13th was filmed here in new jersey you know deborah hill who did the first halloween has ties to here in new jersey haddonfield is named after a town in jersey so well it's kind of funny though uh, i was reading uh history um i don't know they had facts about like halloween uh haddonfield you know and camp crystal lake there's the road camp crystal lake in haddonfield new jersey yeah, so there's, there's a lot of stuff, man. We grew up on this. We grew up on, you know, going to this old house that was a museum when we were kids called the Spy House that was supposedly the most haunted house in America at the time. I think it was rated number three. So we enjoy this kind of stuff. And we got together, I don't know, a little bit ago, not too long ago, a couple months. And I was like, dude, I need a co-host. I know you. You know me. <laughs> you know, we kind of... uh <laughs> we kind of grew up together. Yeah, yeah. We grew up together. <laughs> you know, we're into this stuff. And I was like, I don't know if I could bring somebody else on and try to have a rapport like I do with my brother talking about this stuff. Because, you know, he'll text me like last night. He's like, oh, man, did you see this documentary? Yeah, the uh, I'm sure you're familiar with it because you live out in California. The uh, Elisa Lamb. Oh, yeah. Case. Hotel. Yeah. So tomorrow, every uh, Wednesday, we drop our podcast. And yeah, tomorrow's episode is on Elisa Lamb and the Cecil pod, uh, Hotel. Yeah, yeah, that's a creepy story. I actually, uh, being close, I'm probably about an hour and a half, two hours away from downtown LA here in San Diego. And uh, so I went to the hotel and they have security and stuff, especially this time of year. They know people are trying to do stuff like this. Uh, I was thinking about going covert. I got this new Insta360 camera that I've been doing these uh, live scopes with on Periscope. And so I was thinking about go, sneaking into the hotel, like dressing, you know, in kind of business attire with a suitcase rolling behind me and attach my 360 camera to the suitcase because it's inconspicuous. It doesn't look like a normal camera. It's really small. 
And I thought that would be cool to live stream from that hotel and let people have a look around. But oh, that'd be pretty. It's sweet. a great. It's, Did it, you ever go there? Or no. Yeah, I mean, I've been inside the hotel and I've looked at the top where the water tanks are and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's oh. a. Let me ask you a question because we never been out there and we yeah. just did you know the podcast about it and we were talking about I mean people can go listen and hear our theories on it but just accessing the top you know obviously you said there's a lot of people that are security people there now but can you roam freely once you're in the hotel um, you can it's an old hotel so it's it's kind of one of these that's uh, I would call it like a boutique boutique hotel now they try to mm. fix it up but it's it's really old man so it's like uh yeah. it's it's uh it's kind of a dive hotel it was dive hotel when she was there and yeah. uh you guys uh, just for listeners who don't know what we're talking about here uh this girl checked into this hotel um she was traveling uh i don't know if she was chi- from china she was an asian girl she was, uh, from canada Can- yeah she was an exchange she was student a- she, yeah she was originally you know from there, her parents, you know, came over after. Obviously, she went missing, but yeah, she was just basically taking a trip, a road trip, and she was going down the coast, the West Coast. She actually started in San Diego and then went to L.A. Was there, I think, for three days before she went missing. Um, and her parents called the cops. Cops followed up, missing report, checked the hotel, couldn't find anything. They had search dogs. They searched the whole hotel, even the even the roof. Didn't didn't find her, didn't even find her scent. And then I think about like a month and a half, maybe six to eight weeks, um, guests started reporting uh, the water was like turning black, had a funny funny. taste, um, smell. Yeah, we did a whole breakdown on the show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and so basically she went missing. No one could find her. Eventually they did find her. And I don't want to give it away so people can listen to your show and get the whole story. But there's really creepy footage on YouTube also of her using the elevator and things like that. But that's where it all started. Yeah. L.A. police, you know, released the video and people went nuts. Yeah. The conspiracy theorists just, you know, went nuts with that. Yeah. So it's it's probably one of the creepiest, spookiest, scariest things you'll ever hear as far as what could happen to someone. And and I, I mean, you know, to this day, I think, I mean, totally, I, I don't think anyone would jump into the situation she did on purpose. I think there's definitely foul play and there's never been a, a resolution to that. It's still an open case. I don't know if it's technically an open case. Is it technically an open case? Do you guys know? Um, or? No, technically it's not just because of uh, what her death was ruled ah, okay. by the autopsy. I see. Okay. So yeah. So, uh, and where can, where can people get your show? Tell people how they can get to nightmare 365. So a big thing is if you just type in nightmare 365.com, all of our information there from our contact information from our podcast uh just upcoming shows things like that we're on youtube uh, you can listen to the podcast on itunes stitcher soundcloud i mean pretty much anywhere that you want to listen to a podcast it's out there cool cool yeah so people can subscribe to that and listen and, and you guys go over tons of stuff man and the reason i love your show is because i don't know it just seems to hit all the topics i like i mean i i feel like every time i listen i'm like oh man i wish i could jump right in and say this or that <laughs> i mean you guys were covering uh surveillance and we had an offline conversation about that and you know so uh which is which is kind of spooky i guess it fits in the realm right nightmare of being you know watched and followed around by the government and your information yeah, well, being most, out there. Yeah, most people don't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing that we wanted to dabble into. Like when I first did my, the show alone, 
you know, I was just having guests on and it was all based around horror, Halloween, a little bit of paranormal because I did have a lot of people that were authors that wrote books on ghosts and conspiracies. But the more I thought about it, I don't know. I don't know anybody's age out there listening, but this will probably date me a little bit. But watching Unsolved Mysteries, the show Sightings, I was fascinated with that stuff. I grew up on the X-Files, sort of. I mean, we didn't have DVR back then, so if I wasn't home on a Friday night, I didn't watch X-Files, but <laughs> all that stuff got me. And I wanted Stranger to, Things now. Yeah, now Stranger Things, you know, like throwbacks that they're doing. And I just wanted to do something with my brother because we, we enjoy just talking about this off air. And right. I was like, oh, and this would be really cool just to like have a show and just do like a weekly show or release it and just talk about, you know, break down the cases because there's... From what I've experienced, it just flooded. The internet's flooded with just information. And there's good information, there's bad information. And, you know, sometimes when we read stories, we're fascinated with stories. But, you know, we dive into the stories that we really enjoy and we want to break them down. Because I'm sure just like you with your friends or anybody listening, that's what they do. They sit there and talk, oh my, you know, how do you think this really happened? Or what what theory do you believe? Like the same thing with the Salem Witch Trials. You know, we did a show on that recently. It's this time of the year. If you've ever been up there, there's, what, six, seven theories out there just on that alone. So we, we kind of break stuff down like that. And I don't know. It's fun, man. This, this, is, this is something we enjoy, and it's this time of the year. So we're getting excited. Yeah. Now, um, to be fair, you got, we're not hearing all of the 365 team, are we? There's, there's a ghost that's not part of this today. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't like to be on camera. Yeah, he's he's our buddy. He's our longtime buddy. We call him the ghost. He's he's one of the guys that just doesn't want to have his name out there. And he helps us out behind the scenes tremendously. He does have a lot of opinions, though. No, he's really good. And again, he's he's been my best friend since we were little kids. Um, So it's one of those things where he enjoys because we always talk about this stuff, too. I, I basically talk to my brother and my good friend, you know, a.k.a. the ghost. Yeah. Yeah. So. We, we just enjoy this stuff. We grew up here. It's Jersey, you know, we're Jersey. We're in New Jersey. There's yeah. so much here. People don't realize as much as the stigma and we get a bad rap. <laughs> there's really a lot of cool, just paranormal places, a lot of stories, a lot of films. There's you know, a lot, a lot, lot less uh, suntan lotion than people think, right? Suntanner, self-tanner. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. As, as much as we see that living here by the beach and the water. It's yeah. There's there's so much more, man. Yeah, Plus you got of course. Attraction just what in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah, we're really close to the city, New York, and then Philadelphia. So you have the it's a barrel tapped at both ends, man. Yeah, man, yeah, totally. Well, hey, I want to get into your paranormal experiences, and we'll talk about that in a second. But we're going to take a break real quick. You guys, we'll be right back after this. Spirits and more radio. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And 
you're listening to Spirits and More Radio. And uh, you can, you know, we skipped a lot of the stuff in the beginning of this show. Uh, you can find all of our stuff at spiritsandmoreradio.com. Uh, that's where all our past episodes are. Uh, you can access our studio cam there. And today we've got uh, Nightmare 365 guys with us from their podcast, and they're on our camera as well, which is streaming live on Periscope today. Unfortunately, we're not on uh, YouTube or Facebook. We had issue with our restreaming, but uh, we are on Periscope, and we do see the comments coming through on there as well. So you can join in on the show. Uh, you can also call in if you've had a paranormal experience or something that's uh, creepy and weird, and, and you want to talk about it. Maybe you'd be a good guest for this show. Uh, you can call in at 872-2-GHOSTS and uh, get to us. And if, if our lines not live on a show during a show uh there's a voicemail so please leave your information and you can even tell some of your story there you have up to two minutes to do that uh or you can email us at editor at spirits so uh there's lots of ways to get in touch with us uh it is october and so we are covering uh we're going to talk about halloween stuff uh spooky stuff scary stuff as well as uh urban legends the halloween the legends that go around about uh scary stuff that freak parents out and scare kids and things like that uh we've got uh one of our fans uh ashley's with us on periscope giving us some hearts right now we appreciate that uh and uh if ashley has any questions it's gonna shoot right into the show so uh you can do that too uh invite your followers and so forth and uh make the community bigger for spirits and more radio so we're back and we've got uh nightmare 365 podcast uh guys with us three two of the three uh the ghost is missing ironically today uh doesn't like to be on camera and that's what we're all looking for we want to catch a ghost on camera I thought we would get one today, but I guess not. So you guys are, uh, now you guys, uh, have you had any paranormal experiences yourself that have really sort of compelled you to think, wow, is there something out there? A ghost real? Is there a third dimension? Go ahead. <laughs> so I've had a few experiences, some of them more coincidental than anything else. I would say I'd never seen anything. I've always believed. I always wanted to believe. I remember when I was young, real young, when we were living in our old house as a kid, there was, I, I mentioned the spy house and I remember bugging my mom all the time. Cause you know, you see it on shows you hear, you know, in weird New Jersey and I never seen anything there. There was, if anybody's familiar with the, uh, that's like a little backstory, but if anybody's seen the movie Candyman, mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody's out there has seen it or whatever, but the movie Candyman, when it came out, all my friends, we were really big into scary movies. So me and my buddy, Kevin, we rented Candyman. This was when we were in middle school, I think. And his mom was the only one that was home. Me and him watched it. It was, I think, a spring evening because all the windows were open. The doors were open. Uh, no one was home from work yet. We watched the movie. We went into his bedroom and he shared like a bunk bed with his brother at the time. And... His mom was the only one in the house. We just finished watching the movie. We went into his room. The light was on and the TV was on. And I was like, all right, before we went in the room, actually backtrack a little bit. Sorry, leaving stuff out here. <laughs> Matt, you know is, what? Uh, Matt, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw yeah, yeah. I found that when you tell a ghost story, if you set the tone, you know, that's what makes all the difference. Let me throw a little bit of mood music in here for this. And you can kind of tell this in a slower, slower pace. Okay, ready? Go ahead. All right. So in middle school, me and my buddy Evan were watching Candyman. 
I'm sure everybody's familiar with it. It's kind of the same story as Bloody Mary. You do it in the mirror, say the name three times, and then all of a sudden it appears out of nowhere and kills you. So we watched the movie Candyman. We just rented it. We we're in middle school. Afterwards, went in the bathroom, did Candyman and Bloody Mary. So then right after that, we went to his room, which the TV and the lights were on. Nothing else, right? So we're sitting there, and I was like, if Candyman or Bloody Mary is real, show us a sign. Right as I finished my sentence, no lie, the light went out. We are little. We were freaked out. So we ran out of the house cursing. I was pushing him because I remember Kev was in front of me. I'm pushing him. Get out of the way, Kev. You know, go hurry up. What the f- are you doing? You know? And his mom's like yelling. I'm like, what's going on? She had no clue what was going on. All of a sudden, we run down the street, kind of catch our breath. You know, like, oh, my God. That was, that was creepy. Like, that was just too weird. Go back into the house. We sit on the couch, and the couch was right next to the door. The door was wide open. Like I said, it was springtime. So the windows were open. Doors were open. His mom's, like, basically yelling at us. Like, don't ever go through the house cursing like that again. If you boys can't handle scary movies, you're never watching them again in my house, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, you hear a knock at the door. We both turn. There's this kid there. And the first words out of his mouth, not, hey, what's going on? Nothing. Hey, you guys want to buy any candy? (laughs) My jaw dropped. And I was like, I'm never coming back to this house again. I'm never doing Candyman or Bloody Mary. And since then, Candyman has freaked me out. (laughs) Oh, man, that's a good one. I like that. Um, You know, and a lot of people will chalk that up to coincidence, you know, and and it probably was. But, you know, it, it, uh, you know, the timing of everything, right? That's It happened, literally. It's not like it happened, you know, hours later. It happened within that window like that 10 minute window that it all took place yeah that was it and wow i can't explain it that i could really have been, can't could have been a little message to you that there's more out there than you think you know could have been that's what i thought but yeah yeah other than that i mean i've had some weird instances i don't know if anybody has been up to salem massachusetts i i Any personally here? haven't oh <clears throat> uh, well this is the time of the year to check it out. I would recommend, obviously, booking everything in advance, at least a year if you want to get a room anywhere close to Salem this time of year, because they do a great job. But we were up there, actually, uh, one Halloween, and we were staying at the Hearthone Hotel, which is another cool thing. If you actually look on our Instagram and stuff, there's a, I guess you would say a doppelganger. Okay. Looks exactly like my brother. Because one night, when before this all happened give you the backstory of the Hearthone Hotel. It dates back to the 1920s. And one night before dinner, we were going we were going out like the side door. And I was reading the thing before we were waiting for a cab to come pick us up to take us to dinner. And there was this, there's this like little board there with, you know, the saying, you know, like about the hotel. And there was a story about a bellhop. His name was Charlie, I believe. Yeah, his name was Charlie. His name was Charlie. But what caught my eye was the picture there's a picture of the bellhop from like 1920s. I forget the exact date, 23, 25, around there. And it looked exactly like my brother, Greg, who's standing right here next. <laughs> to and I was like, holy shit. I took a picture and sent it to him. I was like, dude, this is freaky. Like we're in Salem on Halloween. I just saw like your doppelganger, your double from like the 1920s and yeah it's freaky we posted it on our facebook twitter and all that but 
that was the start of the night. After dinner, we came back, obviously, you know, walked around town, came back to the hotel, got ready for bed. And it's an old hotel. Like we were talking about the Cecil Hotel before. It's an old hotel. Got back to the room, started falling asleep. I get woken up. And um, the girl I was with at the time was like, do you hear that? And I was like, I don't hear anything. And then all of a sudden, I heard it. And it sounded like somebody's snapping going around the bed. And I'm like, that's weird. I was like, all right, the windows are open. It could be, you know, anything. I'm, I'm kind of a skeptic, but I keep an open mind. Very skeptical. Yeah, I'm very skeptical on a lot of stuff. But, and uh, anyway, I sit up in bed trying to like figure out where this noise is coming from. She's freaking out. And then all of a sudden it felt like somebody sat down at the edge of our bed. And she lost it. She's like, I'm not staying here anymore. We got to leave. And I'm like, oh, man. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You felt someone sit on the edge of the bed. You did. Yeah. When like I sat up in bed, so I didn't get like fully out of bed. I just like sat up because, you know, at first when she's like, do you hear that? I was like, I don't hear anything. There's the the windows open, you know, because it was cool. It was a cool October night. Awesome. Obviously, we're in middle of Salem. So there's a lot of noise and it's a very small hotel, very old. So I was like, ah, oh, it could be anything. So get a better sense of where it was coming from because you could. It sounded like somebody was snapping their fingers somewhere, and I was like, oh, maybe that's outside. So I just sit up a little bit just to kind of get a better sense. And then as I'm sitting there listening, I did hear it, and then all of a sudden it felt like somebody sat down at the edge of our bed. Wow. I mean, that's the way I could describe it. I don't know if like I moved, she moved, but it was one of those things where I was like, holy crap. I mean, she lost it. She started crying. She's like, we're getting out of here. I was like, we already been here a night. Nothing's happened. We haven't seen anything. Like there's nothing to worry about. Obviously something just sat at her bed. Big deal. And I didn't even see anything. Like normally people say they see apparitions. You can see through them, but I never seen anything. Those are like my two big experiences, I guess you could say. Wow. Hey, well, you know what? When you feel something sit on the edge of the bed, I mean, that's, and, and two people, you know, so you're trying to explain it away and say, oh, maybe the way I moved and she moved, both of us felt like something sat on the end of the bed. But, uh, I don't know. You know, that's a common thing. You're not the only one. I, my actually, my father has felt that same thing. Um, yeah, he was, he was sound asleep. It was, you know, late at night past midnight. And, uh, he felt something sit on the end of the bed and he assumed it was my mother, you know, and then, uh, he opened his eyes and my mother was still next to him. Wow. So now, you know, you can imagine that you're laying there and now it's like, what's next? I'm about to turn my head. Who is at the end of my bed? You know? And then he turns and sees nothing. Nobody's at the end of the bed but the feeling of the bed is still pushed down and then it gets up like whatever it was, the feeling of the bed feeling as if someone was there motioned again and, and went away. And the next morning he found out his mother had passed away or his stepmother had passed away in the middle of the night. See, that's freaky. Like once you add all that kind of stuff up, it just, yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff that runs through my mind when we talk about these stories. Like, all right, could it have been this, this, and this? And we, you try to break it down and be, I guess, realistic what we know. But there is so much stuff out in the world that we don't know. And that's the one thing we talk about on our show all the time. I mean, they're finding new stuff, new species in the ocean. 
I mean, if they're pulling stuff out of the ocean sometimes, where I mean, this is getting off on a tangent, but <laughs> it's just one of those things where, like, you think about that, right? And then you think about those experiences, and you think about all the people that have, like, near-death experiences where they say they see a light, and they see all this, you know, they have all these experiences. I don't know. Is that just a mind playing tricks on us? Is that, are we so connected that we don't even really know, you know? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I... I I think, I mean, I know our mind plays tricks on us. I know that our mind tries to fill in the gaps. You know, we try and make sense of our, of the inputs that come into our brain. And sometimes we get it wrong. We get it wrong a lot, right? Like, I mean, there's all that evidence and how uh, companies have, you know, psychologists have figured out the triggers on how to make us buy stuff. And, you know, from a marketing of product sense, you know, we skip things. And so in marketing, they use that to steer you in a direction when you're making an assumption, right? And it's the same. I'm involved with the magic castle and I've done magic since I was a kid. And that's the same thing. You know, we magicians take advantage of the assumptions that humans, you know, your brain uh, makes assumptions and then, you know, people take advantage of that. So it's, I think it's that same mechanism, you know, that is, is happening. So when there's no explanation, you, that's when people get freaked out, you know, whereas it could be the house settling and things like that. But the biggest difference of all that I think is the most compelling is when two people simultaneously experience something that has no logical explanation, you know, like you did. Like, why did you both come to the conclusion someone sat on the end of the bed, you know, together? Um, and that, that comes up time and time again as I've talked to different people. You know, and a lot of people... Uh, like we were talking about, some people don't want others to think they're crazy, so they don't tell their stories. You know, our, our guest last week uh, experienced some crazy stuff. You guys can listen to our that show, Show 14, which was evil in Alabama. And he didn't want to say his name. He didn't want people to ridicule him and think, oh, this guy's a nutcase. Maybe I don't want to work with him or maybe I don't want to be his friend, you know? See, that's kind of sad, though, you know? Yeah. Like, why... Yeah. I don't know. People believe in all sorts of stuff. So why not? I don't know. Right. It just, it's yeah. just sad that people think like, all right, you had a paranormal experience. So you might, might be crazy. Yeah. Well, well, the other yeah, thing I think too, that's the barriers. Yeah. The other no, thing, I was, I, the, the other thing I was going to say, Matt, is that, you know, also if you, you know, if you're of sound mind and you don't have a history of, you know, mental illness, you know, that's, that's clear and documented, um, and you've been a friend of someone for a long time and you open up to them and say, Hey, something really crazy happened to me and I'm going to tell you about it, you know? And then if they don't, if they look at you like, Oh, there's an explanation, you know, well, what's the explanation? They can't give you an explanation. Their only thing is that they don't believe in ghosts or the spirits or the possibility of it. So it can't be a ghost. It can't be some being from another dimension. It can't be any of that because that doesn't exist so it just had to be you i don't know how it was you but somehow you just misunderstood the situation you know <laughs> well i think i think a lot of things too we live in our own echo chamber with blinders everything on whereas if it's not in front of us seeing is believing and uh, we mention this quote all the time you know what's the difference between a skeptic and a believer a personal experience yeah and it's it's one of those things where yeah, I've never had an experience. I've always wanted an experience where to actually see something. No, it would be awesome. Because at the same time, I might be freaked out, but depending on the situation where we are. But at the same time, 
Yeah, it would validate a lot of the claims that people have said, and and it would prove in my mind, because me and G talk about this all the time. I'm like, all right, you know, if you had an experience, I believe that you had an experience, but I I can't replicate that. I can't, you know, mm-hmm. I I have no input. Not like a computer. Sorry, you guys, for that little drop there. Uh, this is what happens when we use internet technology. Sometimes it, uh, sometimes it does that. So we're going to just reconnect right back with these guys and uh, go from there. I hope you're enjoying this show uh, with Matt and G. Greg with us. And uh, let's see here. Let get connected. We've got a good, strong signal here at our studio connecting to the other studio. If you guys uh, want to add into this, remember you can go on Periscope and uh, when we do the live show, you can always uh, add your comments and we can see those. So um, those are definitely good things to do and participate in this show. So uh, let's see if we can get these guys back on the line. There we go. Okay, we're going to answer. You there? Yeah, I'm here now. We lost you guys for a second. Damn technology! They're they're <laughs> listening. Somebody's listening, or a ghost is listening. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing too. But you were, you know, you were talking about uh, you, that you can't be there, and it's just like anyone who's been to some spectacular place, right, in the world. If you've seen the Grand Canyon with your own eyes, or Niagara Falls, or you know anything like that, you just, you know, you can't really know unless you've seen it, right? No, it's true. And and that's one thing I, I see it on a daily basis, like my job, you know, people always come and be like, Oh my God, it's, it's so much different. You know, I was like, yeah, well, you're looking through a movie or somebody else's picture and you're, you're not here, you know, you're not experiencing it. You're not touching a certain object and it's, it doesn't have the same feel. You could watch movies all you want, but you're not going to have that until, until VR really takes off and the, you know, virtually, you know, reality, that's what I'm talking about VR, but yeah. it, until that stuff really immerses ourselves in our culture. But then even then it's not going to be the same. No, it's not going to be the same. And yeah, you know, but that's the thing. There's so much technology out there sometimes. And I think people, you know, be like, Oh, well that could be proven away. And yeah. And, and yeah. one of our, our, our biggest things was like ghost hunters. We love that show. You know, we were, we were really big fans of it. We Did were, you ever watch that show? Ghost hunters? Uh, um, I've seen several of them. So, uh, you know, they all have their own little twist on how they do things. But yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like we always talk about too, as much as we loved, you know, watching them and trying to figure out like, oh my God, you know, was that real? Or we really liked the locations because the more, you know, that they were on and we found out more locations that we could check out that were in our backyard that we never heard of. Uh-huh. And that was one of the biggest things that we really enjoyed about the show because now we got like another story to add to our conversations. And then also just watching us was, you know, just kind of thrilling at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you guys, we're going to take a break and then I'm going to do something. I didn't know I was going to do this show, but it fits so perfectly and it's October. I'm going to share my ghost experience that blew me away. That's led me to believe there is an afterlife. And I'm a very technical person, skeptical person. So for me to say that, if you know me, you know that I would never just say that. So uh, we're going to do this break, and then we're going to do that right after this. This is John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and you're listening to Spirits and More Radio. <laughs> 
And you're listening to Spirits and More Radio. You can catch all of our shows at spiritsandmoreradio.com. Uh, you can join in and you can, we do it as a podcast and you actually get the first hour is, is given out to everybody. And if you're liking the show, you can jump onto our Patreon and do the full access, uh, which will get you access to every show in its entirety. Most shows we go two hours, uh, and then you get all kinds of extra goodies. You get the show that your on demand comes first before it gets podcasted. And, uh, yeah, and we, we also have a forum for you to be able to send things into the show and participate as well. So that's really cool. We're with the guys from nightmare 365 podcast today, and, uh, we are all just kind of chatting about Halloween stuff and, and, uh, paranormal things and, and all that, uh, in the season of October here. Uh, and we were just talking about, uh, some of the stories or things that, uh, the guys have experienced themselves and, uh, and talking about how, um, people are skeptical and you can't really, can't really grasp, you know, these kind of encounters unless you experience it yourself. So you guys are back with us, right? Gotcha. No, we're here. We're ready. Okay, cool. Okay. So I've, I've been holding out. Okay. We're, (laughs) I've been holding out. I didn't want to tell this story until the time was right. And I feel like the time is right. Okay, so a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm a technical person. I engineer stuff uh, professionally, uh, business owner. Uh, I've never, I never experienced anything that I would call paranormal in my life until I was in my 20s. I had a couple things happen uh, that were unexplained. Uh, and I'll, just to give you a little taste, um, I'll tell this one story before we get to the big one. Uh, and this didn't really prove anything to me. It was just sort of an unusual circumstance. So uh, I was living with a girlfriend at, at the time in an apartment, and uh, nothing had happened in this place. There was no weird vibe, had lots of parties, lots of friends over. It was college years. And, uh, yeah, so there was, there was nothing about this place scary at all. And it was built in the sixties, probably 1964. It had always been a rental and the lady who built the place and owned it lived in a house right in front of it. So, um, you know, the property was, um, you know, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. So, uh, one night after living there for a couple of years, I think I lived there for two or three years. So this is like at the end of the first year, absolutely nothing weird had happened there. And, um, laying in bed, watching TV, I decided to get up and go use the restroom. And as I go into the bathroom, I walk down this hall, I get into the bathroom. Now, if you can imagine a hallway at one end of the hallway is my bedroom. And at the other end of the hallway is the kitchen. And then right in the middle is a door to the bathroom. Okay. So I go to the bathroom and I'm there doing my thing. And I had not really closed the door all the way. I just kind of, you know, you go into a room and you kind of brush the door closed, but you don't latch it, right? So the door was pushed to the point where it was closed. You couldn't see in the room, but it was not latched. So as I'm there, all of a sudden, there's a thump on the door and the door pushes open. And when I say push open, you know, this is not like a breeze where the door would ease open. This is a quick, rapid push open. And then from there, you know, it tapered off. So you could tell there was a, you know, a certain amount of energy put into that push. Okay. And so, um, what happened was I thought it was my girlfriend 
you know, I thought it was my girlfriend. So what I did was, uh, came out of the bathroom. I looked to the right towards the kitchen thinking she went to get some water or something like that. And kitchen is dark. So I walked back to the bedroom and she's laying in bed still. And I didn't want to freak her out. So I said, did you go to the kitchen? And she said, no. And then that was it. So I was like, wow, that definitely was my first paranormal experience because the door did move. There weren't windows open. There was no breeze. There was no way. It didn't blow open. I mean, this was a thump on the door. Something like pushed at that door and made that door open itself. So that was unexplained to me, you know, no pets, no pets, no pets in the house. And I didn't think, you know, at the time when it happened, I didn't think, oh my God, that was a ghost. That wasn't my first thought, you know, it wasn't until I sat and thought about like, how did that happen? You know, like what's the X, what was the explanation for that? How does your door just hear, you know, how do you hear a thump and the door creaks open? You know, I wish it's hard to explain, but I wish you know, if you hear a creaky door, you know, you can hear the velocity of the door, right? Like, you know, if you push a door open at the same speed, it would creak, you know, at a constant creaking sound, right? This was like a fast creak and then it just slowed down, you know, like the thing was pushed. So that was my first paranormal experience that I would say, wow, I have no explanation for that. But it wasn't enough to make me think, oh, ghosts are real. You know, I didn't think, I didn't think, oh, okay, there's ghosts floating around everywhere now. You know, that wasn't enough, but you know, it was still kind of, and it wasn't even creepy. It was just the creepy part about it was how did that happen? You know? So that was the first one. So let's skip forward. I think, let's see, nine years. Okay. So nothing between that. Well, there was one little thing I heard. Uh, that was kind of strange. We'll skip that story just for the sake of time. But (laughs) aside from that one thing that happened in between those two events, this is the one that really is uh, life-changing, really, if you think about it. And and we'll see what you guys think. But uh, my wife's grandfather passed away in 2012. And, you know, as... As it goes, sometimes, you know, it takes, you know, a week or week and a half to kind of pull something together, right? Like, what are we going to do, you know, with the family? So we, the family decided he had, he had four kids, uh, three boys and a girl. And uh, he used to go up into the mountains with them and hike around. And that's one of the things that the kids all remembered was dad used to take us up hiking So they wanted to go to a place that kind of symbolized their relationship with their dad in that way. So there's a place here in California called Big Bear. It's a local ski resort, which is east of Los Angeles. So we go up to Big Bear and they rent a cabin for the day. And this is where we're all going to meet and they're going to have his ashes there. And, you know, we're going to have a little service type of thing. Nothing formal, just the family. And so uh, one of the things that came up was they were just going to use the cabin for the day. And being that we have two really little kids at the time and also one, uh, my daughter who was 10 or 11 at the time, uh, because we have three kids, they said, hey, you know, if you guys want to stay in the cabin overnight, you know, you can. 
So we thought, okay, cool. You know, here's a cabin up in the mountains. The kids will love it. You know, we can do marshmallows at night, have a fire. Uh, it's, it's a totally different scene and vibe from the city where we live. So uh, we told the kids, we're going to the mountains and we're going to stay in a cabin. We didn't tell them why we were going up there. We didn't say grandpa died. We didn't say anything to that effect. We didn't want to put this negative spin on the situation. We wanted the kids to just think, cool, we're going to the mountains and we're staying in a cabin. Now, at the time, my son was two and a half years old and my daughter was three and a half years old. And then my older daughter was probably like eight or nine at the time. Mm -hmm. So we go up to the cabin and there's lots of family there and there's other kids and they're all running around and playing and the kids are just playing, right? Like it's the woods, there's trees, there's squirrels, there's, you know, pine cones all over the place and the kids are being kids and the adults are, the adults are just talking and chatting. This isn't like everyone wearing black and crying and, you know, this isn't kind of like a sad thing. This is more of just a gathering to remember my wife's grandfather so one of the things, it's, as you guys know, is when you go to a funeral, someone will typically put a board together with photos. And on the board, mm -hmm. you know, they put memories of the person all throughout their life. Well, I go and look at the photos. And one of the things I noticed about the photos was they kept putting in parentheses, Jackie. So his name was Jack, but they put Jackie in parentheses on these photos over the years, which led me to believe that was his nickname. You know, he had this nickname, they called him Jackie. So we are uh, at the thing, and now we start to kind of get serious where people are going to stand up and talk. And my kids are toddlers. They're small. They're loud. They don't know. They don't listen. So I take them into the back room and close the door, and they're playing on iPads and stuff like that. Meanwhile, in the living room, uh, you know, family, his sons and daughter standing up and talking and so forth. So... Afterwards, after this is all over, so the kids, my point to this is the kids don't really witness anything to lead them to believe that we're there to talk about someone who's passed away. They don't get that at their age. So everyone leaves. We're watching TV. We have dinner. We roast marshmallows. The kids are having fun. At that point in time, we were trying to get the kids to sleep by eight o'clock. So we shoo them into the back room. And uh, Shark Tank is on the TV, okay? So my wife, and I, my wife and I are watching Shark Tank. And again, no creepy vibes at this place at all. And so what happened is my son comes out because he's the youngest. And he was, uh, he was a child that was breastfed and he was still doing that at the time, okay? So he was used to crawling up on his mom and going to sleep on her. And that's what he came out to do. So he came out and he was right next to me on his mom doing his thing and we're watching shark tank and all of a sudden he's kind of like starts talking. Well, I'm not paying attention to him because I'm watching shark tank, but he says one thing that catches my attention. I hear him say grandpa and I look over at him and he's looking straight up at the ceiling. Okay. So this is, you know, if someone's doing something and their attention is drawn away, it's a pretty you know, it's, you notice, you know, someone's, if, if I'm daydreaming and you're looking at my face, you can tell I'm daydreaming versus my curiosity has peaked and I'm staring at something, right? You guys agree? Yeah. You can tell. Oh yeah. So he's staring at something. He's not just off daydreaming up at the ceiling. He's staring at something. And I said to him, Trevor, who? And he said, he pointed up and he said, 
grandpa. And I said, who's grandpa? And he said, Grammy's grandpa. Well, Grammy is what he calls his grandmother, who was the daughter of Jack who had died. So now my wife's eyes are bugging out, right? Like I said, what's his name? And my son is staring up and he says, Jackie. That gave me the chills. (laughs) Now my son had almost no relationship with Jack. Jack lived somewhere else. He would come down for Christmas. He was an old guy. His hearing was bad, so no one really talked to him much, and he would sit in the corner. And uh, Trevor, who was two, who maybe met him once at six months, once at a year and a half at Christmas, you know, maybe two or three times in his life. But you got to remember, this is a small child, you know, a child's world. You know, six months is like two lifetimes, you know? (laughs) So Trevor really doesn't have a relationship with Jack, even enough to know his name. Even if he was still alive in person and he said, who's that? Trevor wouldn't even know his name. So Uh when he said Jackie, now we're both freaked out. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like having a two-way conversation because when I asked him what his name was, my son responded with information that he didn't really know. Right? Because I didn't know he was called Jackie until that day either. Huh. So then yeah. so then what happened was Trevor went back to what he was doing. And so we're watching Shark Tank, but we're really not watching Shark Tank because you're thinking about what's going on, you know? And so about ten minutes passes by. I mean, I said to my wife, Hey, it's your grandfather, you know. Don't worry, don't be upset, you know. It's not something scary. So, so then 10 minutes goes by and I'm, you know, now I'm really paying attention to Trevor. He pops off his mom. He looks up at the ceiling and he says, good night, Jack. Yeah, that's weird. And then he goes back down to doing his thing on his mom. And I was like, seriously, I don't know if you guys have kids or have any nieces or nephews that are that age, but you can't really pay an adult. So you can't even pay someone enough money to train a kid that age to do that. I mean, if even if someone had taken my kid away and tried to teach them to do that, they could, it's impossible. Kids don't have that attention span like that and recall memory. So, you know, the fact that it was, this was like a two way conversation, you know, and he gave me information. He didn't know he didn't have access to it. It was relevant to what was going on. And the fact that he was staring up above him, you know, with such a curiosity, you know, I can tell you that never happened before and it never happened again with him. He's never said he's seen anybody or had any kind of thing like that ever since that time. That one incident, you know, he was compelled and and had what appeared to be this two-way conversation with his great-grandfather who had passed away a week and a half before. Well, they say, like, what, kids are uh, more open-minded to that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that that's like talking about my brother, where he had his experience as a little kid. You know, one of uh, his close friends died in a very tragic way. And I remember, I didn't even hear, like, he never told me this story. Because I really don't, like, remember it, because I was, like, nine, ten years old. I know, but yeah, mom, mom told me a story. I was like, I never even knew that Greg experienced something like that. And they, they do say kids are more receptive to stuff like this. So 
that's just one of those things that's weird because that that really gets me more than like when adults or even like my own experience if i had some you know more that just how do you explain something like that yeah you can't yeah and and then it opens up lots of things i mean i have to say that none of us slept well that night not my my older daughter kind of got the gist of what happened she couldn't sleep i couldn't sleep my wife couldn't sleep. We just laid in bed all night awake. And I yeah, mean, I would I, have so many more questions. I would just try to contact them. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, is I was, I was just wondering like, wow, what does this mean? You know, like, okay, it appears that there's life after death. I mean that, you know, my great, you know, my kid's great grandfather apparently spoke to him and I got two, I had two way communication, you know, I mean, this isn't like I saw something. This isn't like someone said something to me. This is like, I asked a question and my son gave me an answer that he could not know that only Jack would know who was, you know, why we were there. And I didn't even provoke anything from it. It was unprovoked too. So I'm thinking, you know, what does this mean? Okay, there's life after death, right? You know, this is what I've witnessed. I mean, that's what the conclusion comes down to. Um, so what does that mean? You know, when you know when your intuition says don't do something, you know, and you listen to your intuition. Well, wow, that could be your relatives, right? That could be your family watching out for you. Like they know something's going to happen and they can like communicate to you, like, don't do that, you know? So I started wondering, is that what intuition is? You know, is there luck, you know, is it really luck or is it people on people on the other side somehow helping you out? You know, um, just so many questions, you know, can, can anyone look down in the room, you know, are they gone? Do they hang out all the time? You know, I mean, when you're up to no good, <laughs> you know, <laughs> is your grandfather watching you when you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, you know, um, you know, so I hope, I hope not. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's the whole thing is like, wow, you know, it's just so, cause I never really, you know, there was no proof and I'm not a real religious person, so I don't have strong, a belief system in you know, those sorts of things. I want to see evidence, but Jack was an MIT engineer, you know, and one thing my wife and I, we talked about the next day was, you know, if, if he died and he wanted to let us know there was an afterlife, you know, what better way to do it than to speak through our son, right? Because, you know, if you're going to, if there's some explanation, you're going to find it, but to speak through our son at such a young age, who's like two and a half years old and, and can't rig this thing, Right. You know, um, what better way for someone who's a technical person to speak to two people who are very logical, technical type people to say, Hey, you know, there's something going on here, you know? So that's a good way to communicate. Yeah. And <laughs> I guess people should, you know, the ghost hunter shows just take more kids on, on their episodes. They yeah. take animals and stuff. Yeah. I think animals, kids are more receptive. I don't know if it's, I heard the theory too. I don't know if this is true just because they're more like kids are, they're young. So obviously they haven't had that much experience. And, but they're also, it's almost like older people and younger people who have like these experiences when they're at like that veil, you know, like the beginning or end. It's like, they're still, they're still right there. The door's still open. It's not like we are now today where we're like middle-aged and everything's like shut for yeah. us. Yeah. Although, like I yeah. said, sometimes things come through. I mean, my experience was just, you know, that was 2012, uh, but one of the weird things or one of the interesting things that, you know, I want to share about the situation was even my wife and I, the next day, 
by like one o'clock in the afternoon, the gravity of the thing had almost faded. Like we didn't want to believe it. You know, like our minds didn't want to believe that that happened. You know, it was the weirdest thing because when it happened, it was, you know, miraculous as far as what it, what happened, you know, the way it appeared to happen was pretty miraculous. Now, some people would say, Oh, well, your kid was absorbing stuff as he ran around that day. He heard someone talking about it, you know, so he knew what was going on. But you know, the, the thing about that is let's say he did absorb, let's say some other kid said someone died, right? Like it's still unusual that he would be in the middle of his routine at night of going to sleep and, uh, and, and stop to do that. And then again, the second time to stop to say good night, like no one's given him any kind of direction that there are ghosts or that you should say this or see this. You know what I mean? It's like, there's no, there's no reason behind what he's doing, you know? So, um, but it was just odd that that day as time goes on, you know, I think back to that right now today and when I tell people that story, they, they do get the chills, you know, when I tell that story and it is, I was there and I lived it, but it's still, there's a part of me who just doesn't want to believe that that happened, even though it did happen exactly as I said. So, you know, I think you should embrace it. And it, I mean, you're into this as we are. And I think it's something that, you know, we have to like keep asking these questions and trying to find out yeah. how this becomes, because I really think one day like science is going to catch up to this. It may not like fully understand it, but we'll have a better understanding of like, all right, well, our brains work this way and, and children's brains, you know, maybe if they're not as fully developed as we are, but maybe they use some of the brain cells that we don't as older people. And they, they still have that connection or that vision or, you know, like we say, like, you know, brothers sometimes are kind of connected, you mm -hmm. know, so we may, <clears throat> think the same way and feel the same things. And, and sometimes maybe something happens to him that we know about it, you know, like something happens to your family. You kind of feel that feeling like you were saying before, right? Where it's just like, I don't know. I mean, there's so many, so many questions. And like you said, yeah, I mean, I had the same things going through my head too. Like maybe he did see it. Maybe somebody said the name that you didn't hear them say it and kids absorb everything. So there, there is a lot of possibilities, but at the end of the day, it's like, how do you really fully explain that? I don't think you can. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's paranormal. <laughs> exactly. But you know, that brings up another point is like you said, embrace it, you know, and, uh, and we're at the one hour mark. This fascinating interview does continue for our full access overtime members to get full access, simply go to our website at spiritsandmoreradio.com. Under the full access section, you'll see an orange Patreon button. Click on that to find out more and hear the rest of the show. You can also join our live broadcast alert list. We email the day of the show when we are going to broadcast live so you can tune in and hear the full show and also have the opportunity to call in. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Closing time, open all the doors and let you 